There are three moments in Olympic history that really get me every time I see them. The first one is Miracle on Ice. Okay, we've all, we know what this is, right? It's when the United States, who doesn't know what Miracle on Ice is? Oh, oh man, come on. This easily, easily is the greatest moment in Olympic history. This is where the Russians were dominant in, um, in hockey, and America played Russia in hockey, and we ended up it was the most unlikely comeback, and we ended up beating them, and it, was, it literally was David beating Goliath. And, and, and the, the announcer at the end, his famous thing is he goes, do you believe in miracles? Do you believe it? And the Olympic uh, USA guys come out with their flag over their backs skating on the ice, and it, it makes me tear up just a little bit, you know? That was one. Uh, the other one that I love, we all know who Michael Phelps is, right? We know Michael Phelps, the swimmer. Uh, he won, uh, him and a couple other guys, hey guys, pay attention, he and three other guys were on the Olympic team where they were swimming, and France, big bad France, came out and started talking smack to the Americans. Probably sounded like this. I don't speak French, but I'm going to assume that was close. But they're talking smack to America, the Americans, and say, you know what, fine, we'll settle this in the water. And we get, to, we get to swim in, our first three guys go, and on the very last one, the French guy is so far ahead of us that the announcer just goes, well, we're just going to have to settle for silver. This is a shame. And then you could see he gradually catches up, and then the announcer goes, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, it's, it's happening, it's happening, it's happening. And finally, we beat him right at the last second. And guys, I don't watch swimming, okay? I never do, but I remember in my house... It was on the television. I was, like, cutting some food, and I was like, go, 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 go. And I, like, start to freak out. And then finally, our guy touches before and felt – I should have got a picture of Phelps' reaction, but he was like – he was so pumped, and I was so excited to be an American. I was so pumped. That was number two. But, guys, that video we just watched was, was one of my, my personal favorites. That's a girl named Carrie Strug. That happened in 1996, and she was part of – the Magnificent Seven is what they called them. It was the women's gymnastic team. Us adults, we remember this, right? Yeah, the Magnificent Seven. And this, this small little girl goes and jumps, and you saw the first one, right? When she landed, she hurt her ankle really bad, and uh, her coaches came up to her afterwards, and they said, look, you, if we are going to win the gold, you have to race one more time. You got to go one more time and land it perfectly. Now, she decided to do it, and you saw it. And, and I, I showed my wife this clip uh, this morning before I left. I said, I'm showing this clip, and she starts tearing up because she remembers it when she was a kid. She's like, it's, it's just so precious, you know, where this girl, I mean, you saw her. She lands it perfectly, and then she just, like, cripples down, and then her, her, her uh, coach comes and lifts her up and stuff. And I'm like, yes, that's America. That's what I'm talking about, right? This is not a Trump rally. Don't worry. But I, I just, I was super, I was super pumped when I saw that because I was like, yes, go America, you know? And, and what I want to ask you guys is what, what was it about her that made her say, I'm going to run the second one. I'm going to do it. Because let's be honest, if, if she had come up afterwards and they said, hey, you didn't run the second, the second one. Why didn't you do it? And she's like, well, I injured myself. I didn't want to further injure myself. I think most of us in here would be like, I get it. That's fine. I totally understand. That's totally fine. But for her, it wasn't an option. She said, nope, I'm doing this. She put herself through something because of what was important to her, which in this case was a gold medal for the United States of America. Go America. And go Buckeyes. Yeah, I don't know why. I just wanted to throw that in there, okay? But that's the first story. I want to tell you one other quick story before we get started. Um, there, uh, I had a friend in, um, in high school who she was telling me about this time where she was, she was at lunch, 
And she looked over, and she saw a group of her friends standing in a circle, and they were all just having a good time, chilling, hanging out. And she said she felt this burden to go up to these friends and say, hey, I want to tell you about Jesus. She wanted to say, hey, I want to tell you about Jesus and what he's done in my life. And she said that she fought this urge a lot. She, she felt it was the Holy Spirit was telling and trying to urging her to go and talk to them. And she said she fought it twice, she said. She says, there was two times I resisted it, but the third time I just couldn't resist it anymore. And she says, so I, I just, I, I was scared. I, I didn't know what they were going to think of me. She goes, but I'm going to do it. So she walks over and she says, hey, guys, I, I just want to tell you about Jesus, what he's done in my life. And can I just talk to you for a minute? And they said, yeah, whatever. She talks about it. She turns around and walks away. And as she's walking away, she said that she could hear them laughing at her and making fun of her as she walked away. And, and it's funny because when you think about that story, you, what do you think? Why do you, what was she scared of, do you think? What, what, any uh, guesses here? What do you think? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's funny because, isn't it, reputation is a big deal in middle and high school, right? You don't want to be seen as somebody you're not. What do you think? Yeah, being made fun of. And she was made fun of. They were laughing at her on the way out. Now, again, for Carrie Strug, what was most important to her was winning the gold medal for the United States. For my friend, what was most important to her was sharing the gospel with people who didn't know it. Okay? So tonight, what I want us to do is, um, we're, this is our new series, Go Fish. We started it last week with my little big brother-in-law, Ryan. He came up and spoke. And um, th this is week two of our, our series, Go Fish. Now, we're basing this on this scripture passage, Matthew 4, 19, which says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Now, if you've been here for our last series, our last series was called The Gospel 101, and we talked about what the gospel is. What is the good news that we as Christians are supposed to tell people? And we talked about that, and hopefully you guys have a good grasp on that. And now, it's not enough to know the good news. What, the question is, what are you going to do with the good news? Is the gospel something you should keep to yourself, yes or no? No. That's right. It is not something we're supposed to keep to ourselves. It's the good news that we are supposed to share. And... The subtext here, I like it. it, says, bringing others into the boat. Go fish. Bringing others into the boat. What I want us to do tonight is I want you to look at, you see the two guys in the fishing boat there? I want you to imagine that that's what a Christian is, that we are the people inside of the boat. If you are a Christian, if you've given your life to Jesus, then you are safe in the boat from drowning. However, the people who have not given their lives to Jesus, I want you to view them as the people that are drowning in the water. So if you're in the boat, we as Christians are supposed to be sailing through the water, and if we see someone drowning, we're supposed to throw them a life preserver, which in this case would be Jesus Christ. We send them the thing that saves their lives, and then we bring them into the boat. We, we save them from drowning, right? The problem is, here's the problem, and I, and I like to, well, we call it real talk, right? Like, be honest with you guys, is there's a lot of Christians out there who... We make excuses to not share the gospel, and it's the equivalent of us being in a boat, sailing right past somebody, and letting them drown. That's the same thing. When you, when you don't share the gospel in your lives, when you're not telling people about Jesus, it is the same thing as you sailing in a boat, seeing somebody drowning, and saying, nah, I got other things to do, and then going the other way. And what we tend to do as Christians is we tend to put barriers up. We tend to put, we come up with reasons or excuses for why we shouldn't do something. Let's take Carrie, Carrie Strug, for instance. She, um, she had every reason to not jump that second time, her, her, her ankle. But she says, you know what, that's not an excuse. That's not a barrier that's going to stop me from doing it. So she still did it. Uh, my friend, you know, she says, hey, these people might make fun of me. They might laugh at me. They might say stuff about me that's not necessarily true. That could have been a barrier that stopped her from sharing the gospel. But she says, you know what? 
what's important to me is that these guys hear about Jesus. So she still did it. So tonight, what I want us to do is I, I want us to talk about why we are not sharing the gospel as Christians. If you guys remember a couple weeks ago, actually it might have been a couple months ago, we, I, I showed you guys a statistic that said 97% of all people who go to church, or let, let me rephrase it this way, in one year, 97% of all the new people who, came to, who come to our church are all, it's all transfer growth. Meaning that 90, if you, let's say Genoa had 100 people who came to our church for the first time this year. 97 of those people are just from other churches. Only seven of those people are people who've never been to church before. They're not Christians. And guys, that, that is a crazy, isn't that a crazy number? When you think about that, when you say, man, you know, we're supposed to be teaching about Jesus. We're supposed to be leading people to Christ. Yet our church growth, 97 of them are just people from other churches. It's like we're taking them from other teams. And, and it's, it's bad, right? So, so tonight, my, again, my question is, why is it that we are not sharing the gospel? And we're going to talk about two barriers that I think stand in the way of us from sharing the gospel. Let's be honest here. Is anybody here scared to tell people about Jesus? Would you, would you be honest and raise your hand and say that? Okay. Guys, I, I, guys, listen, I'm a pastor, and there are times when I'm just like, I, I feel God is telling me like, hey, speak to this person, and I just go, ah, I got to get home and watch television, or I, I don't want to do it. It's awkward. You know, I'm in a gas station, God. Why would I do that here? And, and so we, it's easy to make excuses. I think all of our leaders would agree with that as well, right? So we're going to talk about the two things. I think these are probably the two biggest barriers that we run into as, uh, as, as Christians. So let's go ahead. Uh, who brought their Bibles? Anybody bring their Bibles? Anybody? Okay, so we got a couple. All right. Let's do this. Uh, let's get Jake Riley. Why don't you guys grab a couple of those Bibles that are back there? Raise your hand, and we'll give you guys a couple Bibles. Uh, Ken, why don't you help out? Depreston, why don't you help out as well? And let's do, why don't you go help out as well? Yeah, that way we can get a bunch. Keep your hands raised, okay? For those of you who do have your Bibles, I encourage you, if you don't have a Bible, go to the App Store and just buy the Bible app, okay? And when I say buy, it's for free. You don't have to, it's free of charge, right? Right? Just go to the Bible store or the, uh, the app store and get the Bible app, okay? For those of you who have your Bibles, we're going to go ahead and open up to Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4, verses 23 through a bunch of the other ones. Keep your hands raised. Keep your hands raised. There we go. Who needs a Bible? Keep your hands raised. You can share Bibles if you want. We're okay with that. Monty definitely needs a Bible. Get the man some scripture. <laughs> All right. Very cool. All right. Who's, anybody else? Okay, cool. All right, great. And I believe the scripture will be on the screen also. So we, we'll, we have tons of, tons of ways to see this, okay? So everybody, go ahead and open up to Acts chapter 4, verses 23 to 31. That's Acts chapter 4, verses 23 to 21. I'm going to read this to us, and then we're going to talk about the first barrier that prevents us from sharing the gospel. Here we go. Uh, this, is, this is when the believers prayed for boldness. Read along with me. When they were released, they went to their friends and reported what the chief priests and the elders had said to them. Now, let me, let me I forgot to do this. I want to I provide a little bit of context where we're at. Because this, right now, you see we're in the, in the beginning of Acts here. But we're at a time now, Jesus has died on the cross. He rose three days later. He hung out with the disciples and the believers for 40 days. After he had died, he rose from the dead, hung out for 40 days, and then he went to heaven again, okay? Now, or he went to be with God. Now, in this time, you, you'll see that we're getting to a time now where Christians are starting to see what we call persecution for what they believe. 
Now, persecution is just meaning that people are either getting thrown in jail, they're being killed, they're, they're being opposed for simply believing in Jesus. Now, in this story that we're, in this little portion of scripture that I'm going to read you here, the previous chapter was talking about John and Peter, and these two were going around telling people about Jesus. They were going around saying, hey, here's what Jesus did. Here's what God has done in my life. You need to, you need to listen to what I'm saying and believe it, okay? It's the, it's the message. It's the word, right? Well, they finally get to the, the Jewish priests, and the Jewish priests look at them, and they say, hey, you guys, stop talking about Jesus. Stop doing it. If you do, we're going to throw you in jail, and we may even kill you. So, so these guys... Uh, they, it says that they, they didn't get thrown in jail that time, so they ran back to the believers, the other disciples, and listen to what it says here. This is verse 23. When they were released, they went with their friends and reported what the chief priests and the elders had said to them. And when they heard it, they lifted their voices together to God and said, Sovereign Lord, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them, who through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said by the Holy Spirit, why did the Gentiles rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed. For truly in this city they were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel. Listen to this part here. And to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. And now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants, us, grant to us the ability to continue to speak your word with all boldness. While you stretch out your hand to heal, and signs and wonders are performed through the name of the holy servant Jesus. When they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. Anybody ever had a building start to shake after you're done praying? Like, I imagine that'd be pretty cool, right? So all of the disciples, let me kind of summarize what they're saying here, okay? Is, remember, they, they fight, they're threatened. They're, they're, people have told them, hey, stop talking about Jesus or we're going to throw you in prison. And the, when I was reading this passage, I talked about this at summer camp a little bit, if, if you were at summer camp, but the, the thing that amazes me about this passage here is when I think back to all of the, the Christian, like the early Christian fathers in the New Testament, I always think about these brave people who are willing to do whatever it takes for Jesus Christ. And that is the case. But when I read this, it's so crazy to me that even they had to pray for boldness. Isn't that crazy? These guys are, these, this is Peter. This is the rock of the church, right? This is the other disciples, John, all of these guys. Yet even these guys, when they were threatened, said, man, this is real. This is kind of creepy. They might kill us. They might throw us in prison. So what did they do is they ran back and they prayed, God, give us strength. Give us boldness. All right? I know, I know, I tend to be, uh, you know, there are things that I'm scared about, and I'm just like, well, I'm just a regular person. These guys are the disciples, the early church fathers. Yeah, even they were scared. Even they prayed for boldness. So here's our first barrier. Okay, go ahead and put this one up for me real quick. This is our first barrier. Barrier number one, fear. Write this down if you have a pen or a pencil, okay? What, what I want to, what I, we're going to talk about for just a second is fear is single-handedly the biggest barrier that most people face when it comes to sharing their faith with other people. I think we could all agree with this, right? I, I, I admitted to you guys earlier that I struggle with this sometimes, but it's funny because some people, are, they're just so scared. What are some things you guys are scared of, for the record? Anybody raise your hand and tell me what you're scared of. Yes, ma'am. Dolphins? <laughs> what? 
Is there, man, I didn't know that was a phobia of dolphins. Okay. Hey, hey, I hear you. It was a bad experience. Okay, I'm going to have you come up one day and tell us about your bad experience with dolphins. If you can do it. If you have the strength to do it. Yes, what are you scared of? Kites? Oh, heights. Okay, I was like, man, I'm hearing a bunch of new fears tonight. Yeah, heights. I got to tell you, I went to the Empire State Building, and I'm typically not scared. Yeah, he's like, no chance, bro. I'm not typically scared of heights, but when I was up there, I was like, man, if this building sways a little, we might, I don't know. It kind of freaked me out. Yes, ma'am. Small spiders. You're not scared of big spiders, though. Good for you. I'm happy. Depreston, what are you scared of? No. <laughs> Dude, I, that, hey, that is the most real fear that he just brought up. Do you guys hear what he said? Depreston said, well, and he, this is a self-nickname, by the way. I don't think you're a depressed guy, but he calls himself Depreston. But he said, I fear not being loved. So sad. Ladies, ladies, in about six years, he's going to be a great guy to date and marry, okay? So just wait. All right, let's do one more. Spangler, tell me something you're scared of. Hold on, guys. Hold on, guys. Oh, do you? Oh, okay. Well, then you're off the market. Sorry. I've never met her. I don't think she exists. Until I see her, I don't think she exists. Okay, we'll talk later. All right. Spangler, give me one more. Listen up, guys. Listen up. Tell me something that you're scared of. The dark? Really? Do you sleep with a nightlight still? Now, I'm only going to say this because my wife isn't here, but my wife is scared of the dark, too. Yeah, and I, I didn't think that was a thing when you're older, but, uh, but apparently it is, yeah. Man, my wife, she, yeah. Anyways, guys, let me tell you this. Listen up. All of us, all of us are scared of something. All of us are scared of something. But guys, specifically when we're talking about sharing the gospel, fear comes in, okay? And let me tell you a couple things that people are scared of in regards to sharing the gospel. Some people fear that they don't know enough, Whenever I ask people to help out in youth ministry, and when it was in kids' ministry, I'd say, hey, you want to help out in youth kids' ministry? And they'd say, "Mm, I don't know enough. The kids might ask me questions that I don't know the answers to, all right? And they're scared that they're just not going to be able to know the answers. And guys, it's it's a fear. I get it. Like, I I was talking to, um, uh, I was talking once about potentially doing a question and a session up here in youth group, and I was like, uh, man, what if somebody asks a question and I'm on the stage and I don't know, you know, I don't man, that, that's kind of a terrifying thing, right? So there's that. Some people don't feel like they don't know enough. Uh, some people fear that they're going to do more harm than good. Meaning, if you see, you know how like if you see a guy fall over on the ground and it looks like his neck is hurt and then you come in and you're like, I'm going to be a good Samaritan and help him out. And they're like, no, 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 no. The worst thing you can do is get involved. Leave them be. Don't let them get up. Leave their neck alone. And some people think this about Christianity or sharing the gospel. They say, man, what if I start saying stuff? And they start thinking, and I lead them in a different direction. And I don't know, I might do more harm than good. And I read this, this great quote. This guy says, how can we possibly place a non-Christian into any worse a condition that he or she is already in? A non-Christian is already, <laughs> they're already in need of a savior. You're not going to make that any worse, okay? It's not like they're going to not need him anymore, okay? So, and then, and then the last one is some people fear, Preston, this is for you, some people fear rejection, all right? Some people fear rejection. There's this idea that if you go up to somebody and you say, hey, can I tell you what Jesus has done in my life? And then you start to tell them, and then they look at you and they go, get out of here, you jerk. And they they reject you. I mean, guys, I'm scared of that. You know, I I don't want people to be mean to me when I'm telling them about Jesus. But guys, when we're talking about this, this, this first barrier of fear, 
you don't need to raise your hand. I'm pretty sure that everybody struggles with this. We're all scared of something, right? It's not wrong to fear. Everybody fears. And like I said, even the disciples, even they feared. We could call this the all-star, the all-star cast of Christianity, right? The dream team of Christianity. Even they had to pray for boldness. Boldness, not baldness, okay? Boldness, okay? They had to pray for boldness. But believe it or not, some of the most rewarding things in life are the scariest things to do. Let me give you a couple of examples. Number one, getting married, all right? I remember the day before I got married, I was like, should I be doing this? I'm going to be... I'm going to be responsible for a nice young lady. Man, it's kind of freaked me out, you know. I was like, what am I going to do? Uh, the next one, having children. Guys, having children is a terrifying thing. Here, put the next picture up. This is my, this is my uh, fourth child. This is James. He was born uh, days ago. He was born last Friday, okay? That's a cute kid, right? I'm not just saying that, right? Is he a cute kid? Don't tell me if he's ugly, okay? I don't want to know. But anyways, I think he's cute. But, but this is my boy James. And, and I remember when my first child, Mora, was born, it was the weirdest thing where the lady says, all right, guys, well, it's time for us to discharge you out to your house. And we're like, okay, cool. So Brittany was in a wheelchair. They wheeled her down. I had the baby. And I said, all right, I'm going to go grab the car. And the lady says, have a nice day. And then she left. And I remember just being like, uh, we have a baby. <laughs> like, where are you going? Where are you going? We, I don't know what to do with a kid. Like, what are you talking about? And so we put the kid in the car. And by the kid, I mean my daughter, my lovely daughter, Mora. And we drove home. And I just remember being like, I've got a child back here. What, what the heck am I going to do with a child, you know? And then we had three more, and now I have four. This is my fourth kid, all right? I'm, and I'm still just as scared as I was with the first one, okay? Uh, the next one, guys, buying a house, all right? It's a very scary thing to do, but it's very rewarding. Buying a house, getting an apartment, leaving for college. Guys, I was terrified to go to college. But when I got there, after one week, I forgot who my parents were. <laughs> I was like, this is amazing. Wow. I get... I get I get freedom. This is great. I love my parents, all right? Uh, the next one, starting a business from scratch. Guys, I've heard this is super freaky, you know, like, but it's so rewarding. And believe it or not, do you guys know that I get scared every single time I get up here and speak to you? Every time I get that guitar on and sing to you guys, it freaks me out every single time. And, okay, well, that, that didn't warrant an applause, but I appreciate that, all right? So, but, but guys, it's true. I get, I get freaked out every time I get up here, but guys... It's so rewarding. Here's the thing. You can't let fear control you, and here's why. When you let fear control you, guess who you're focusing on? Yourself. Giving in to fear is the most selfish thing you can do, okay? And I don't mean that mean. I'm just saying giving in to fear is the most selfish thing to do because what you're doing is you're saying, okay, I'm scared of rejection, that they're going to reject me. I'm scared of what they'll say about me. I'm scared of what they will do to me. It's all about you. It's selfish, okay? And if you, uh, Matthew 16, 24, you can write this scripture passage down. I don't have it on the screen, but the Bible tells us that we're to deny ourselves and take up our cross daily. That means that we are secondary to others. We don't matter as much. Other people matter. When you allow yourself to be controlled by fear, you are making God small. You're making him small, Okay? So, guys, that's the first one is fear. Don't make God small. God can overcome anything, okay? That's the first barrier. Let's look at the second barrier, okay? The second barrier is apathy. Does anybody know what the word apathy means? You do? What does it mean?
All right. Well, that's a very good... Here, put it up, put up the next slide for me, please. Here's the definition of apathy. It's a lack of interest, enthusiasm, or concern. You are, you are exactly right. I'm very, I'm very happy for you. Um, but yeah, that, that's it. A lack of interest, enthusiasm, or concern. Guys, this is the second barrier, okay? So remember, the first barrier is you're scared to do it. The second barrier is essentially you don't care enough to do it. You don't care enough to do it. Now, guys... Let's get real honest here. I always, tell, I, always, I always try to let you guys know that whenever I preach a sermon to you, I'm preaching to myself, and I'm just letting you guys listen to me preach to myself, okay? So this is, this is a big one for me. It's apathy, where we live in a great country. We live, we live in a country where things are really, really easy. And what it tends to do is it tends to make us lazy, and it tends to make us not care as much. Let's read uh, verses uh, 29 to 30 again real quick. This is Acts chapter 4, verses 29 to 30. This is what they said to God. They said, and now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your words with all boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal. And signs and wonders are performed through the name of his holy servant, Jesus. Remember, the, the Olympic girl at the beginning, Carrie uh, Strug, what was most important to her was winning a gold medal for the United States. My friend, what was most important to her was sharing the gospel with people who needed to hear it, and it's the exact same way. These guys, they, they, didn't, they, didn't go up, they didn't go to God and say, God, just make this super easy. They said, no, 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 give us boldness. If we're going to be threatened, I th honestly, I think the disciples were scared that if they got threatened so much that they would lose their interest in sharing the gospel. And they said, we don't want that. No matter what happens to us, God, give us boldness that we can still deliver the message no matter what happens, no matter what happens. Remember that we are to be passionate about what God is passionate about. If you remember, oh, I didn't turn my lights on today. Sorry about that. Well, on our shirts here, people change culture, okay? The fish stands for people. We're to be fishers of men. The heart stands for change. We're supposed to see a change in our lives. And then the shape of Ohio is our culture, the people around us that God has put us around. In Genoa students, these are the three most important things to us, people, change, and culture. Now, when I did a sermon on the people aspect, my bottom line for that day was we are to be passionate about what God is passionate about. And does anybody remember what God is the most passionate about? Would anybody like to raise your hand and tell me what you think the answer is? Do you know it, Andy, or were you going to, what? People, dude, don't doubt yourself, man. Keep that hand up. Yeah, people. God is most passionate about people. Did God, when he sent Jesus to die on a cross, who did he die for? People. When Jesus was roaming around the earth spreading the good news, who was he most concerned about? People. The answer is people. So, guys, what I want you to do is I want you to remember that you are to be passionate about what God is passionate about as people. And, guys, I don't know, I don't know where you stand on... Um, I mean, if, if, you, if you've been living under a rock, you might not know about this, but, you know, the Supreme Court thing that's been going on lately with uh, the Supreme Court Justice uh, Brett Kavanaugh. Now, I, I'm, I'm blown away. I talked about this a little bit Sunday, but I'm blown away by how much this has divided our country. I don't care what side you're on. I don't care what you think. Um, you know, we all have our opinions, but it is crazy to me that, that this issue here has really, it's not, this hasn't divided us, but this has been such a divisive issue, right? Where we, where you've got one half of the people who are saying one thing, the other half are saying another thing, and it has literally caused them to hate each other. Have you guys seen this? I don't know if this is, if this is happening in your schools or not, but I'm seeing this on television, I, I'm seeing this, and I, it just, it blows my mind that we live in a time that is so divisive in our country. 
And here's what happens. We live in a time that's so divisive. What happens is when you categorize people into all these different groups, what you're doing is you're saying it's us and it's them, and you're distancing yourself from them. I said the only, the only time to do this is when you say Christians and non-Christians or Michigan and Ohio State fans. That's the only time it's okay to be separate, okay? But, but, but think about it. You know, if you've got, I, I said, if you want to witness to people who struggle with certain sins, the best thing to do is to befriend a person that struggles with that sin. If you know somebody who struggles with something and, you know, it's easy to say, oh, that person's a sinner because he struggles with that. But the moment you get to know the person and you get to, to see them and you put a face to that, what happens is you start to kind of, that apathy kind of goes away and you start to say, you know what, this is a person. This is a person that God cares about. This is a person that I need to love. So based on that, we're going to finish off by saying this, okay, is what do we do with this, okay? What do we do? If, we've, if we struggle with fear, if we struggle with apathy, guys, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, I'm not going to say it's okay, but I'm going to say that I get it, okay? I understand. I, I'm in the same boat. Most of the leaders in here, I think, would probably agree, where they would say, guys, I, I deal with this too. I struggle with this. So the big question is, what do we do? I want to tell you a quick story. Uh, Rachel, raise your hand real quick, if you don't mind, okay? Rachel, her husband shared, okay? That's the only, that's the only reason I'm pointing out, okay? But <laughs> shared, shared is her husband, who I've probably told you about tons of time. He was the guy who took me to Cambodia last year, and we got to go and, and see the Cambodian culture, and it was really cool. Well, the cool thing about Sherrod is that he's been doing this for years and years where he will get a group of people together and he will take them over and show them the Cambodian culture and all this stuff. Well, he was telling me this story the other day in our life group where he said, uh, he said yeah, man, it was this craziest thing where I was going over there one year and this lady came with me. And I forget her name. I didn't write it down. But anyways, it was this lady who uh, she was what they call, an, she, was ag- she had agoraphobia, which means that she's scared of social interactions which is not a good thing, right? I mean, that's kind of a, that's a man, it kind of limits you in life, you know? But what was crazy about it is she, they're, in the, they're on the trip, and he, I, he didn't realize this at first, but over the trip, he quickly came to realize this girl's scared of everything. <laughs> like, she's scared of everything. It's that he said that she couldn't eat the food. The food just smelled bad to her. She said uh, the smells in all of Cambodia, and I'll vouch for it, it smells like sweet trash. I don't, I, it's a weird description, but that's what it smells like. Like, uh, it's weird. Anyways, but she couldn't handle that, and she couldn't handle the heat. Like, all of these things, she started freaking out, and he told me the funniest thing happened is they were on this bus, which was really just a big van, and they're driving to this other city, and as they're driving, they hit a bump, and a suitcase falls off and falls right on her head, and she, and she just goes, she goes, this is it, and she gets up and loses her mind, freaks out, and Sherrod told me that he had to sedate her, <laughs> like he had, he had medication. He was like, this, this chick's losing it, right? So, so finally, they got her to calm down. By the end of the trip, she goes home, and he, his, uh, the people at the organization, they said, What's, uh, how'd the trip go? And he goes, I'm telling you what, there was this girl that was there. Man, it, it, was, it was not good. So the next, a year goes by, Sherrod's getting his other team ready, and uh, he gets a call from this same lady. And she goes, hey, I want to go back to Cambodia. And he was like, are, are, you, uh, are you sure? Like, are, he goes, let me refresh your memory of what happened last year when the luggage fell on your head. And she goes, no, 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 I've been praying about it a lot. This trip has changed me. It's changed me. I'm a different person now. She goes, plus, I just, I, I really, I, I don't know what it is, but I miss the people there. Like, I miss them. And he goes, okay. So he let her come. And it was crazy because she goes over there, and he said this time it was night and day difference. 
But the only difference this time was that um, she decided to move to Cambodia, and she stayed there for five years with the missionaries that were there. And what she specialized in was taking children that were part of the sex trafficking, and she would, raise, she would help raise these kids and teach them during the day. Now, guys, that right there, that's nuts, isn't it? Like, when you think, of, you think of a person like that where you go, man, this person couldn't stand the smells, they couldn't stand the food, they couldn't stand the heat, yet they're going to live there for five years, and they're going to they're gonna really just dive deep into the trenches with these kids, right? So the question is, is what was it, what was it that caused her to overcome those barriers? Because to God, there's no, there's no barriers with God. There's no wall too high for God to jump over, Okay. So, we're talking about what we would do. Here's what I want you to do, okay? This is very, very easy. I'm not going to give you, like, a 10-step thing. I just want to give you one thing to do is, number one, is pray for boldness and do it daily, okay? Pray for boldness and do it daily. That is so easy to miss, okay? Is that you, uh, you know, for me, sometimes I wake up late, I go to bed late, and I'm just like, yeah, I'll just put my prayer off. I want to really encourage you guys, pray for boldness. Pray that God will put people in your way. Okay? And evangelism, sharing the gospel is like any muscle that you work out where you're not going to go to the gym and start lifting 100-pound dumbbells right away. You got to start with the small ones and you got to do it. So I'm going to give you a very practical first step, okay? I want you to invite somebody to church next week, somebody who doesn't go to church, okay? Try it. I'm going to do it as well. I actually have a person in mind that I'm going to ask, okay? I want everybody invite somebody to church. Now listen, I, this is not what I want the end step to be. I don't want you to just invite people to church and expect me and the leaders to be the ones to tell them about Jesus. I want you guys to be the ones to tell them about Jesus. But you got to start somewhere. So invite somebody to church next week. Does anybody have any friends that don't go to church anywhere? Anybody in here have any friends that don't go to church? I imagine everybody does, right? Invite somebody to church. And I will say this. We've got a lot of new people here tonight. If you've never been here before, raise your hand. I'm not going to call you out or anything, okay? Henry, come on, bro. (laughs) Have you never been on a Wednesday? Oh, <laughs> all right. Well, anyways, all I have to say, I know we, we have a couple of people that I haven't met before, and it's really good to see you guys. I'm glad you're here. But guys, an easy first step is to invite somebody to church. Just invite them to church. Let me say this last thing, and then we'll be done. I want you to know, remember, when I told you that fear is a selfish thing, and when you focus on fear, and when you give in to fear, what you're doing is you're making God small. You're saying that these things are bigger than God, so... so I'm just going to focus on these things. I want to give you an example of how God is bigger than any barrier, okay? Has anybody ever heard the story of the Tower of Babel before? Anybody ever heard of it before? It's in the Old Testament. It's a great story where you've got these people who are building this tower up to the heavens, okay? And it says that they're, they're, they're building it so high that eventually God comes down and he says, man, these people are they're working too good together. I'm going to split them up. So what he does is he, he confuses their language. So they were able to communicate, okay? And then all of a sudden, they weren't able to communicate anymore, and they were all like, wait a minute, what are you saying? What are you saying? And so they split off, and this is how we think that all the different cultures and different people around the world, that's where they came from in the different languages. And what's cool about that is God used a barrier to split humanity up. Fast forward all the way to Acts, okay, the book of Acts, which is what we're in, and there's a thing called Pentecost. You guys ever heard of Pentecost? All right? If you, let me explain it to you. And pretty much what had happened was in Pentecost, it was all the disciples were together, and they were praying and praying and praying that God would come down. And it said that fire came down and rested above them. 
And all of a sudden, they started speaking in different languages. And the whole point of Pentecost was that God was saying, you know what? Um, it used to be where everybody was divided by language, and salvation was only for one group of people, the Jews. But when Pentecost happened, it was God's way of saying, you know what? Language is no longer a barrier that we have to deal with. Now we can take this message to anybody. It was cool because at Pentecost, they start speaking in these different languages, and all the people that were standing around it were just like, that dude's speaking my language. What's going on there? And he says, no, 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 he's speaking my language. They all heard their own languages. And this was God saying, you know what? I made the barrier of language. I'm going to tear it down. It's no longer a thing anymore. Disciples, I'm giving you the Holy Spirit. You can go into all the world, and you will have this gift of tongues, this gift of language. Now, I want to tell you a cool example of this because I had a friend who was on a, he was on the mission trip once, and he was in uh, some Spanish-speaking country, and he was standing there. My friend speaks Spanish, my friend um, Josh. He was a, my roommate in college. But he says that his buddy says, hey, I want to go over there, and I want to share the gospel with that person. And Josh says, go ahead, man. So he walks over, and he looks at the person. And he says, hey, my name is such and such. And the guy says, my name is such and such. And they start to talk, and he says, can I tell you about Jesus and what he's done in my life? And he said, yeah, and he, he shared the gospel. I don't know if he got saved or what, but when he came back, my friend Josh looked at him, and he was like, dude, that was awesome, and he goes, dude, that was great, wasn't it? I got to share the gospel with that kid, and my friend Josh looked at him, and he goes, bro, I didn't know you spoke Spanish, and, my, and the guy says, I don't speak Spanish, and he goes, uh, well, I just heard you speaking Spanish to him, and he goes, no, I don't speak Spanish, and that is an example right there. There was a barrier there, okay? I think your nose is cleared out, bud, all right? You're fine. Thank you, all right? There's, there, is a, there was a barrier there of language, but God says, you know what? This is not a barrier for me, okay? So if there's a barrier of fear that's set up in front of you or there's a barrier of apathy, I want you to know that those are not barriers that will keep you, that don't let those keep you from sharing the gospel. God can tear any of those down. You just got to let him do it. So number one, pray for boldness. Try it this week. For the next seven days, next Wednesday when I see you, I'm going to ask you, okay? I want you to try just praying seven, just try to pray every day for just five minutes a day. Just pray for boldness that God will give you the strength and the courage to talk to people about it, all right? And then on the flip side, I want you to invite one person to church next week, okay? Or invite them on Sunday, whatever it is. Invite one person to church. Jesus, we just stand before you tonight, God, and I pray that we can remember, God, that you are the cornerstone that when we rest in you, God, when we depend on you, you are that foundation that will never shift, you will never fail, God. And when we come upon fear, when we find ourselves not caring about people the way that you do, God, I just pray that we can pray for boldness, that we can pray for courage, God, to just be the people it is that you called us to be, God. We love you, Lord. We thank you and we praise in your name. Amen.